This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. Kicking into hour number two of the show here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. My man, Demon Cotton, behind the wheels of steel, your boy, Q. Coming up about 3.30, you'll hear my conversation I had earlier today with Nico Ali Walsh. Has a fight coming up on Saturday against uh, Reyes Sanchez. I thought it was Xander Zayas, but it's not. It's uh, Reyes Sanchez. You'll hear that conversation coming up at 3.30. But right now, pleased to have on the phone lines one of my favorite conversations each and every week, Dustin DeHart from Nova Home Loans. He joins us. And Dustin, we do appreciate your time as always, my man. It's always fun to catch up with you and talk a little fancy football, talk a little NFL, some reality football, talk some housing market here in Las Vegas. But Dustin, the Raiders took another L on Sunday uh, at Allegiant Stadium, Washington football team. They came away with the victory. How important is it for the Raiders? You've been here in Las Vegas a long time. How important is it for them to finally figure out a way to start establishing a winning culture at home? Because there's too much to do in Las Vegas. If you're not winning, people will find other things to do. Yeah, man, you're right. It really is important. And yeah, this like no rhyme or reason what's going on, you know, with the with the team, you know, it's like let's get off to these slow starts and have a bunch of penalties and you know, last week I think a lot of it was play calling, you know, just not aggressive enough, you know, and can't play for field goals in this league, it'll kill you. And I don't know what Basashi's doing. He needs to be a little more aggressive. But yeah, we need to start winning. Because, you know, look, like I said before, you know, I'm born and raised here, Q. It's, uh, we're a pretty fickle, fair-weather fan team, you know, in our <laughs> right. city. You know, yeah. like, you know it, look, if you ain't winning, like, we got other things to do here. I mean, world-class restaurants and concerts and events. And, I mean, there's everything you need. Even, you know, outdoors, there's a lot of stuff to do. So, it's, yeah, it's, it's imperative that they get off to – a good, you know, or start winning because uh, the fans will definitely jump off. And, you know, unfortunately, it doesn't look good for us right now. You know, I mean, in any given Sunday, I mean, if, you know, they go beat the Chiefs and we're right back into these crazy talks, uh, I don't, I don't see that happening, but you never know. Right. I mean, the way this team's playing, like, <laughs> you know, like, I wouldn't surprise me they go in there and beat them and then, you know, and then they lose by four touchdowns in the next game. So there's no continuity right now, but, yeah, you, it, it'll, you're right, you know. I mean, think of it. We're world, you know, the capital of the world. I know it's the NFL, but, like, we just saw it at, at, on, in Cincinnati. I mean, there was a bunch of empty seats there, and, like, you know, and it felt pretty packed last weekend, um, you know. But, again, you know, if if it's a complete rebuild, Q, I'm, I'm really concerned about that because, you know, it's going to be a – going to be a dismal dismal year next year and uh, i don't think attendance will be uh what they're expecting for uh you know the second time in the in the stadium that's for sure right no you're you're spot on about that and that's why i think that the team has talent you know they have plenty of talent i don't think that whatever happens after the season they should think about a rebuild i think they just need to reload you know they just need to make it happen sure. and, and go out there but uh you know you mentioned seats empty against cincinnati there were some seats empty against the washington football team how much how much pressure do you think is on the team because the Vegas Golden Knights and the success that they have. Yeah, man, they that they kind of the gold standard, right? You know, their first year in the league, and they go to the uh, 
uh, you know, the Stanley Cup, um, you know, and that's our team too, Q. You right. know, there's a lot to say about that. You know, you know, the Raiders are our team, but, you know, let's, let's face it, you know, we, we adopted them from another city. So, uh, yeah, but even like, you know, look at the Knights, you know, like, they, you know, they were, you know, Stanley Cup favorites going into the season. And uh, I remember that first game because I went through it. It was nuts. I mean, it was unbelievable. And the show, the shows that both teams put on are just amazing. Right. right. Too. Like, yeah. I don't know if you've been to a Knights game, but like, Literally, the guy that does the, the the lighting at the beginning of the show, he should be on our salary cap because it's not fair to other teams. It's ridiculous, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And then, like, I tell you, like, even in the halftime, like, I think it was Run DMC, and it's like, a, you know, it's like going to a concert every week, you know. But you know, and then boom, we, the you know the Knights have a bunch of injuries, and I, I'm telling you, I'm looking around, there's seats everywhere, and like, you know, Q, a couple of years ago, even the nosebleeds. I mean, you're paying a you're paying premium dollars for those Knights tickets and they were dropping like flies and now they're winning again. And now it's, you know, the, the damn arena's packed again. So <laughs> it's, it, it is, I mean, Vegas, like, yeah, I gotta win. It's crazy. I mean, they don't, they don't mess around with losers. That's for sure. You know, look at UNLV. That's uh you can't, I can't even, I have season tickets to, to the basketball and football game. I can't even give those things away. It's crazy. You know? I, I hear you. I have the same yeah. problems. And, and what, last night, I think they had, what, 600 people at the game last night, I think, for basketball? Yeah, it's amazing. I think Dude, it was I mean, like, I know in the 90s, that was the only team in town. I mean, and they were winning national championships. But, dude, you couldn't get a seat to a UNLV game to save your life. You know what I mean? It right. was insane. And now, look, I, I literally had to see, I gave, I, I have a real estate agent. I, you know, I wanted to, he wanted to go to a game and he couldn't figure out which one. And I'm like, dude, just take them. <laughs> I gave him all the tickets because <laughs> nobody in my branch is biting on him or any of my friends. So, yeah, it's, it's dismal. It is, uh, it's bad. You right. Know? Yeah, it is, and that's why it's so important that the Raiders start winning at home or it's going to end up becoming, you know, a tourist attraction. I, I said this a long time ago. I said if they don't establish winning at home, they could end up turning into like a residency on the Vegas Strip. You know how some artists come oh. to die on, in, in Vegas where they just have their residencies there on the Strip? The Raiders could end up, if they don't start winning, they could, they could become a, a, just a, a residency here in Vegas. Uh, and they're lucky that we are Vegas because, it, you know, that's going to help attendance because – you know, other fans are going to come here and watch games, right. you know, but that's going to suck when, you know, 75% of the damn stadiums from another team, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And that's, look, we go next year, you know, we go out to, off to an 0 and 6 start. Like, you, I bet you Keister that's probably going to happen. It's crazy. And I'm in the visitor section, Q, and there's, you know, there's literally a, a, a handful of people that I see regularly at the game, and it's always, you know, people from other, uh, from other cities, you know, all around me. So, you know, it's uh, yeah. They they better get their at button gear and uh, get some wins going, or it's gonna be bad. Yeah, I, I I'm right there with you, man. 100. We're talking with Dustin DeHart from Nova Home Loans here on Unnecessary Roughness Raider Nation Radio 920. And Dustin, one of my favorite parts of talking to you every week is talking about the real estate market here. And I promise you, every week, whenever I see someone on the streets, they always say, "Q, did you get that house that you were talking about?" I got that so much from last week, and I always tell them, "No, no, I'm just looking. I'm just I'm I'm, I'm planning out my house without planning out my house." But uh, I'll tell you, it seems like that uh, the 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 home prices continue to set records on top of records on top of records and it seems like Dustin they keep going up I know people keep telling me oh it's going to come down a little bit at some point I just don't see it <laughs> yeah you might be buying a million dollar house for <laughs> I'm going to need a loan then brother I'm going to need a loan <laughs> uh, I know yeah you know to say I'm surprised I guess I'm not surprised you know I am surprised that the median sales price went up as much as it did 
you know, we went up another 10,000. And, and Q, this time of year, normally we go down, you know. I right. mean, you can throw everything out the window now nowadays. But I was surprised we went to 420. I thought we were going to stay the same or slightly go down. But here we go again. You know, supply is going down again. In fact, the last 30 days, we've lost almost 600 houses, which is a 14% decrease. You know, so again, simple supply and demand. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You know, yeah. I, I tell you that $420,000 sales price, like if you would ask me two or three years ago, would we be at this now? I would have told you you were crazy. I mean, dude, you guess what? Can you guess, guess what the sales price was in 2012? Just throw a number out there. I'll say about 225000 Seems about right. 118000 That's crazy. 118 G-bombs. And here we are at 420. Wow. 10 years later. Ten years later, it, it's 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 mind-boggling. It's crazy, but yeah, it, you know, look, demand's still there. Uh, they did raise the FHA and conforming loan limits, so that'll help people out going into next year. You know, rates are ticking up, but you know, look, I, I think the market's going to stay where this keep going at its this pace. You know, and next year, I you know, I don't think we're going to hit twenty two, twenty three percent appreciation, but. Yeah, I, I'm pretty sure we're going to be in the double digits again, 10, 12, 13%. So, you know, look, if you're thinking about buying, you're still <laughs> catching another wave of appreciation. It's not too late. So, you know, and get in with those low interest rates. But, uh, you know, the sooner the better for you. Let's get that Scarface house cue. We that, need to get going. Man, I'm working on it. I'm telling you, I've, I have the, the picture of it. I was showing it off. We were at the Rockstar on Saturday night. I was showing it off to a bunch of people and said, man, this is it. I got plans for certain rooms already. I've already designated them. But I, I just I can't get out of my lease right now. So I feel like the, my lease is costing me a, so much money on the back end because when I'm ready to get a house, it's going to cost me more because it keeps going up. <laughs> I know we'll be at like four seventy five by the time you go buy a house. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Obviously, I will be on every every Thursday giving you the housing number. So, <laughs> let's, uh, let's so you'll let me down slowly. And I'll, I'll, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe the Raiders will get a win, and the housing prices will come down, and we'll all be happy. Man, right. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, that's a rough deal. Well, I mean, hey, everyone's not locked in in a, in a lease like I am right now, and maybe someone is looking for a home. And, and normally, we've talked about it, Dustin, that this time of year, people aren't buying as many houses, but I feel like people are just like, hey, let's just take advantage of the slower time, and it's not really a slow time anymore. So people are they're going out there, and they're buying them right now. They are, yeah. You know, normally we're really slow right now, and uh, we seem to get a purchase contract in every single day right now, which is very – very unusual for December, and and again, we're we're you know we're we're sending out pre-approvals all day long. So you're right, the demand is out there, and it's only going to get busier come you know March, April, May when it starts really picking up. So crazy market, man, crazy yeah. market. Yeah, of course. Welcome, Q. Welcome. Yeah, walk into this crazy market <laughs> and uh, spend every dollar you yeah. have, and then some. I'm telling you, I'm gonna have you to might get need that. To get Mon as a roommate, man. You know, charge him like a thousand bucks a month. What? And, uh, we get that million dollar house. I'm yeah, oh, you he listening? I'm sorry. Yeah, no, but you know what's funny, Dustin, is he he like said what to a thousand dollars in rent? That's not even bad. That's not even bad know, these days. Well, we're gonna put him in like the smallest room you have too, and make him you know do the dishes. Too. Well, I mean, so he is the smallest dude in the house, so I mean, he would definitely he doesn't need that much space. Enough about me. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Well, Dustin, anyone listening right now that, you know, they want to take advantage of the slow, and I say that in air quotes, slower months, and they want to kind of get the ball rolling on getting their house, they're not locked in in a lease. What do they need to do? Yes, sir. Just give us a call anytime, 
577-2600. Boom. Thank you, guys. Absolutely. Hey, I'll be sending you a picture soon. <laughs> I'll be sending you a picture soon. Right on. Peace, guys. I'll see uh, you. All right, there he goes. Dustin DeHart, Nova Home Loans. Good dude right there. And uh, I'm always sending pictures. And you saw... Damond, you saw the house. I showed it off to you. I was yep, showing yep. It. How much was I showing it on Saturday night at the Rockstar? Oh, man. <laughs> swipe after swipe after swipe. <laughs> yeah, you thought I room. had some hot girl on my phone or something. I was like, look at this. Look at this. Look at this. No. Here's another one. Here's right. the back view. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That man, I was, hey, man, this is going to be the studio. This is going to be the kids' room. This is going to be this. This is going to be the back door or the back area where we hang out. And, yeah, it was all bad. I will say this. I think it was the, it was the shower setup in the master bedroom. Oh, yeah. this particular, I was like, that's a cool shower setup, man. <laughs> right, exactly. How often do you hang out in a restaurant or a bar scene and you're talking about what a what a shower setup looks like at a house? Yeah, I can see myself taking a shower in there. Oh man, yeah. No, you better get your own house. <laughs> you, know, you better back up off my house. Hey, be like, hey, Q, man, uh, what you want? To mo- I just want, I just need to take a shower real quick. Uh-uh, Look uh-uh. at a couple things upstairs real quick. Yeah, yeah. You better go get your own shower. Why you got a towel? <laughs> <laughs> 3.15 is the time. Many thanks to Dustin DeHart. Definitely appreciate him for joining the show as he does each and every Thursday. When we come back, got a lot of text messages I want to get to. Going to do that next, and then we'll have coming up at 3.30, Nico Ali Walsh. Had the conversation with him. He'll be in action on Saturday night. It's on ESPN. You can watch it. We'll tell you all about it then. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Yo, what's up? What's up, Raider Nation? It's your homie Too Short, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920, baby. That's what I'm talking about. It's a way to bring us back, Damon. Blow the whistle on him one time. 3.20 is the time. Raider Nation Radio, 9.20, Unnecessary Roughness. How about 40 minutes left in the show? Nico Ali Walsh, the grandson of Muhammad Ali. You'll hear the conversation I had with him this morning about 3.30, 3.35-ish. That'll come up. Got a lot of good text messages to get to. Salmon Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. And the beautiful thing about the Salmon Ash text line you could text at any time. It doesn't matter if we have a guest on. doesn't matter if there's a caller on. doesn't matter. It could be a commercial break. Whatever you want to say, you can get it out quick, fast, in a hurry. I know my man Glenn in San Jose. I actually met him at the Rockstar on, on Saturday. Uh, and I, I want to shout out to everyone real quick that comes out to the Rockstar on Saturdays and hangs out with us. Because I promise you, each and every week we meet a handful of people that we've never met before. And they say that they faithfully listen to the show. They think Damon is funny. I always tell him that he's not funny. He's just funny looking. But it's, a, it's cool. No, we have a good time. So we do appreciate you guys coming out and hanging out with us and spending some time. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's always a lot of fun. It's been great to actually get to put, you know, like Fargo Raider, he came out. That was a lot of fun, being able to actually meet him and, uh, you know, talk to him face-to-face and in person. It's just it's almost like an extended radio show, but in person. That's exactly what it's like. Because I don't know about you, but I not before I go, I'm not thinking about it ahead of the time, but I'm mm-hmm. like, all right. Somebody want to ask a story, but I, I got the perfect story to tell about this right, or right. that. What's it like working with you? I got like some little anecdotes already ready for you, so that that way you don't catch me with my pants down. If you ask me a question, I'm like, yeah, we don't want to catch you with your pants down. That's ever. a good question. <laughs> we <laughs> don't ever want to do that. <laughs> I'll tell you this. Sometimes you know I'll be doing some stuff around the house, and I'll look and say, oh, it's t- that's that time. And you know I usually roll in a little bit late anyway. We get started around five. I usually end up rolling in around six. But uh, I, you know, I get there. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, I'm not really that pumped up right now. It takes me about, what, 
five, ten minutes to be there. And just the energy from everyone who's there. Fabian's always there just when Wendy's always there. I mean, just from everyone who's the, the regulars to, you know, people that just roll in for the first time. It's just like the energy is contagious. You know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, next thing I know, it's like three, four hours later. We're like, hey, man, this is great. Let's go. Let's keep the party rolling. <laughs> Always love hearing somebody like, oh, man, I'm, I flew in from here. I flew in. I'm like, wow. Right. Really? Yeah, exactly. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't really understand that. I mean, I understand it. And I think it's great. But it's, it's funny because it's different for us. We just drive down the street and we exactly. roll in. Now, last year. When I came here for the Kansas City Chiefs game and there was no fans in the stands, I flew in. The wife flew in. So we were in town from Texas. You know what I mean? But yeah. now that we've been here since July, it's, we almost take it for granted that, oh, I can, I can go there anytime I want. Yeah, and it wasn't at the Rockstar, but on the Q's kickoff show yeah. where a guy from London right. came up yep. and recognized us. And that was like, wow, London? Yep. You listen? That, hey, that, that's that's like, a, wow. And that's a credit to Raider Nation. That just shows how, how far and wide this fan base goes. It shows how passionate this fan base is because, again, every time someone rolls in town, they always hit me on Twitter, and I know they hit you as well, Damon. Hey, I'm in town for this game. What's going on Saturday night? Boom, we're at the Rockstar. And then, oh, we'll be there. And I don't know how many times you've done it in your life. I know I've done it a tons of times. Hey, Q, we got this going on. Oh, okay, I'll be there. And then be a no-show. Everyone that hits oh, us up and says, that. yeah, you do that all the time. <laughs> I got to make sure you don't do that when you come to work. Hey, Q, I'll be there. And then, no, I'm just kidding. You always show up to work. <laughs> but, no, seriously, it's like. Whenever they say that they're going to be there, oh, I'll see you there. They'll roll in. They'll roll in, and they're there. My guy, Sal, he actually was my tattoo artist in Fresno. No joke. He was my tattoo artist in Fresno. My son's got a couple tattoos done by him. He rolled in. He said, hey, it's my birthday. Uh, where are you guys going to be at? I said, the rock star. Him and his girl came in. It was great. Hanging out with them. You know, and it's like, damn. People taking pictures with us because they just are enjoying having the Raider family. And I know that you know everything's not great as far as the team, what they're putting out there on the field. I know they're six and six, and no, none of us. I know I didn't expect them to be six and six. That's where they're at right now. But man, I got to give Raider Nation a ton of credit. I know sometimes we fight. I know sometimes we argue. I know sometimes we curse this player, curse that player, whatever. But man, just to just to know how how much this team means to everyone that makes the extra effort to go out of their way to do everything that they do, including go to the Rockstar, including getting to Allegiant Stadium early and check us out at the Coors Light Landing. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff. My man Tom, here's a good story, and then I'll get to a couple text messages. My man Tom uh, Kennedy, he was my very first caller that I had on my Lockdown Raiders podcast four seasons ago. I started in 2018, and I, and I established the, the phone line. He was the very first caller. He always goes to one Raider game every year, guaranteed for his birthday. His birthday, I believe, was on Tuesday. And so he had told me by way of Twitter that, hey, I'm going to get there while you guys are doing the pre-pre-show at the at Legion Stadium. I'll get there, and then I want to meet you, take a picture with you. I was like, cool, that's, that's what's up. Our show had ended. It had already wrapped up before he got there. I was in the press box. You were already doing some media relations work, you know? And he hit me, and he was like, hey, I just got here a little bit late. JT and Eric Allen are on. Are you still around? And I was like, dude, for you, I, I'm coming down. So I left the press box and went and hung out with them and just was able to talk to them and chop it up. But it's just to know that that's, that's something that's, you know, it's a big deal to Raider Nation is to, is to get to know their Raider family. I just think it's awesome, man. So I just I want to I make sure that Raider Nation knows how much we appreciate them and how much everyone who's part of the family appreciates meeting other members. Of the family. It's like a big family reunion, but you just don't know who Uncle Leroy is exactly. until that's you know who Uncle Leroy Where you see people, and like, because we see, we see Fargo Raider, and we're like, oh man, that's Fargo Raider. That's Fargo cool. Raider. But yeah. other people who call and listen to the show, they're also like, oh, that's Fargo Raider. Right, right. Yeah. It's like, I remember we were talking to uh, one guy. I think we were talking to, was it Aaron in, in, uh, in, in Vegas? Aaron in Vegas. Yeah. And he was like, 
where's Just Win Wendy at? And we're like, oh, right there. You know, it's like, oh, what's happening? You know, and so it's 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 crazy to see, from my point of view, it's crazy to see other people that we get to know by the, the text line or the phone line, you know, like Glenn in San Jose. He's like, hey, man, it's easier for me to text, but I do appreciate your show. I'm listening, doing this. You know, it's it's just awesome. So in a season that has not gone the way that anyone expected it to go, I salute you, Raider Nation, for being you, for doing exactly what you do and what you've been doing. I could appreciate that, no doubt about it. Uh, got a text message I wanted to get to because I did throw the question out there. Who do you think the Raiders need to make sure they bring back in 2022? And we got one that was, let's see, this one says, only guys that should come back are Morrow, Hankins, and Ingold. Maybe Richard too, but that's it. Okay. I'm actually surprised that Jalen Richard made it this year. I remember at the beginning of the season, I thought he was the done deal. The Raiders had a couple guys that were under at the free agents in as running backs, and I thought, mm, okay, maybe that guy's going to fill that void. Little did we know how important Jalen Richard was going to be for blocking. And little did we know how much the run game wasn't going to be effective this year. That offensive line, and we heard Joe Valerio in the first hour, if you're just tuning in, was great. That offensive line just has not got things worked out to the point where the Raiders could have a consistent run game. So they're going to have their work cut out for them. I hate that that uh, Alec Engle tore his ACL as late in the season as he did. Because in my opinion, that's probably going to slow him down from starting next season. But he's a guy, as the texter said, definitely needs to come back. He's, he's a dude that he's got, he's got to come back. Um, we got a text from Geese Mode. Hey Q, what's up, Damon? Get Max Crosby, the bag. Unique Perryman Hayward, they're nice too. These guys are a huge cornerstone to defense. Also, Carr always has questions surrounding him, but he's been balling out this year. Again, he's our franchise guy. For all you haters out there, how many quarterbacks in the last 20 years have we had at the level of Gannon and Carr? Lock these guys in and let's go. Raiders. That's from Geese Mode. Thank you so much for that. And, you know, you might not be able to bring everybody back. Casey Hayward took a one-year deal, and it was late. Denzel Perriman, he'll come back. He's under contract for next year. So he should be back if the, if the team wants him. I mean, you never, again, you don't know who's going to be pushing the buttons. You don't know what's, you know, you just don't know. That's why I throw it out there because there's so much unknown. We're trying to figure out, you know, about the known. Uh, one more text and then we'll take a call if we have it. Uh, bring Casey back. Littleton can go. Kukowski can go. Perryman can go. Faison is absolutely gone. I need more Diablo and Kuntz. I also want to see uh, Gillespie uh, in on passing downs. And Gillespie, we haven't got to see a whole lot from yet, but I, I, I do want to see what he could do. I think he's got something, uh, and Jamon will get a good laugh out of this. I think he's got a little something in his neck. I really do. As Jamon just got, he don't even get a big full smile anymore. And when he, he's just like, here goes this guy. You, just, you can just tell? Yeah, I, I already knew that was coming. I already knew. You just know. I do. We, hey, man, we got a relationship. You know, we work together every day. We know, we know each other's thinking. It's, it's like the offensive line. You know what I mean? It's like the right the right tackle's got to know what the right guard's going to do. The right guard's got to know what the right... Well, we, we know what we're doing. You're the center. I'm, I'm one of the guards. You know? We, we've got to be like 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 Joe said. You got to block block with your butt. That's what we do. It's hard to make that block. <laughs> Did we have a call that was waiting or... Just take a break. All right. 329 is the time. When we come back, Nico Ali Walsh. He's got a fight. He'll be uh he'll be in on Saturday. He's got uh he's got who's he have up? He has uh Reyes Sanchez. That's right. I got all these names wrong, man. I felt bad. You'll hear it next. I had the conversation with him earlier, but you'll hear that conversation next here on Radio Nation Radio 920. 
Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Very excited about our next guest. He was on the show back in August before his debut fight, and since then he's got two wins under his belt, both by way of knockout. It's Nico Ali Walsh. And Nico, welcome back to the show. How are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm excited, pumped up, very excited to have you on the show again. And your first fight, it ended in the first round knockout. Uh, what was it like to be in the ring and then end it the way you did? It was surreal. I mean, the whole experience of, you know, just showing up to Tulsa, just everything. I just had to take everything in. Um, you know, it was a long training camp. I was obviously nervous. It was my first time in the ring with, you know, no headgear. So uh, it just worked out perfectly, and I couldn't have been more happy with my debut. What was that like? You mentioned the first time stepping in the ring, no headgear on. Did you have that moment like, wow, this is real and this is happening? Yeah. I mean, it, it's it's like it, it felt like I was, you know, on cloud nine, literally. <laughs> it, it was just right when that bell rang, it was it was surreal. Everything, everything I'd been working so long and hard for uh, – came rushing at that one moment and it was just it was really emotional too like I don't know a lot of people saw my mom crying after the fight uh because that just that whole experience was just just such an emotional uh ride Oh, I have no doubt about it. Couldn't imagine. I'm sure there was a lot of emotions that went into it. And, and like I mentioned, you've had two fights, two KOs. I know it's a small sample size, but are you feeling like you're becoming a knockout specialist? <laughs> you know, I wish I could say that with 100% confidence, but, um, you know, I don't know. I just know that I'm looking to improve every single fight. I don't really care much for a knockout. You know, my first fight, I wasn't looking for a knockout. My second fight, I wasn't even looking for a knockout, so... You know, if I could put on a great performance, uh, that's better than a knockout to me. Okay, there you go. We're talking right now with Nico Ali Walsh, the grandson of the great Muhammad Ali here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And does that ever, I'm sure it doesn't, but does that ever get old kind of hearing the grandson of Muhammad Ali? Well, you know, uh, it doesn't. I mean, it's it's my family. It's so, and, and, and I understand that everyone has such a such a tremendous amount of love and respect for him. So it's not surprising that people say that. Um, you know, it obviously at times it does get a little, uh, annoying, but, um, <laughs> I, I understand it completely when you have someone so larger than life as my grandfather was. It would be hard not to constantly get, you know, mentioned as being his grandson. Does that add a little bit extra pressure because of the, the greatness behind that name? I think it's empowering. Okay. Um, you know, when I was a kid, I, I used to think it added a, a ton of pressure. But over the years, as I've matured, you know, I'll never not be uh, Muhammad Ali's grandson, whether I'm boxing or not. So the pressure is always going to be there. I decided to stop running from it and to just embrace it. So now uh, there's no running from it. So now it's I just see it as empowering. I love it. That's an awesome answer right there. And what have you learned about yourself so far in your young boxing career? Um, I, I've learned so much. You know, boxing brings out the best in everyone, I would say. It, it teaches you about life. Um, it's not just a sport, right? Uh, so I, I've learned so much about myself. I've gotten so much, uh, I've gotten so much more spiritual, believe it or not, because of boxing. And that's actually what happened with my grandfather. So, um, I'm just really happy to be doing what I'm doing. And, uh, yeah, I mean, in, in terms of tech, technical 
boxing terms, I'm looking to improve on like footwork. Um, you know, my my punch output. I'm looking to improve on my defense. And every time I walk into the gym, if I'm improving just a tiny, tiny bit, you're going to see these huge improvements every single fight. Talking right now with Nico Ali Walsh here on Unnecessary Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. So in the basketball world, when you talk about the Mecca, you talk about Madison Square Garden. Well, that's the same for boxing. Your next fight is coming up in the Mecca, Madison Square Garden. How pumped and excited are you to be there? I'm, I am so pumped. You know, it's and, and I was saying this to someone yesterday. It's not just like you said. You're the first person to say it's the Mecca for basketball, too. It's the Mecca for boxing. It's the Mecca for basketball, entertainment, mm-hmm. you know, sports. It's just. It's like the mecca of entertainment, period. So right. just – this is my first time in New York. Oh, so wow. just being here is an honor, let alone fighting here. I don't think it's uh, gotten to me yet, but it's – I mean, it's such a tremendous honor. I, I really can't wait. Well, and then on top of that, your grandfather getting back to Muhammad Ali had some epic fights there at the Garden, so it's got to make it a little bit more special for you. Yeah, no, you know, he had eight fights here, and some of his biggest fights were here. His fight with Joe Frazier was here. Two of his fights with Joe Frazier was here. And, uh, yeah, it's just it's amazing stomping on the same grounds that my grandfather was on mm. and Joe Frazier was on. You know, there were so many people. This this place, Madison Square Garden, dates back to the 1800s. It's ridiculous. I, I went through there yesterday. It was like going through a, a museum. Wow, that's awesome. That just kind of sends chills just thinking about it, you know, just thinking about the grounds that you'll be walking on and competing in uh, this upcoming weekend. Excited about that. Again, we're talking with Nico Ali Walsh here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So the fight, you versus Xander Zayas, middleweight division. Uh, what do you know about Zayas? Uh, how do you anticipate this fight kind of shaking out? Like, what what is the strategy going into this one? Oh, so uh, I'm not I'm not facing Xander. Uh, I'm facing someone else. Xander okay. is uh, fighting a, a different fight. Um, that would be that would be something if I was. <laughs> nice. <laughs> he's he signed with top rank. He's another uh, tremendous prospect. He's probably going to get prospect of the year. Nice, nice. Okay, so so who are you, who are you fighting, and what's it looking like? I'm fighting a guy named Reyes Sanchez. Okay, okay. He's six and zero, I believe. And uh, yeah, no, I mean, I'm I'm really looking forward to this fight. I uh, I watched my film on him. I you know I prepared. Uh, as as I should, so I'm I'm more than prepared for this fight. But uh, like my trainer says, uh, I don't ever prepare for one opponent. You know, if yeah. if uh, my opponent were to drop out last minute, which actually happened for this fight a couple times, uh, and uh, you, you just got to be ready for anybody. So I've got to be ready for absolutely anybody that steps in there. And if I'm doing everything I should be doing, then I will be ready for anybody who steps through those ropes. You know, I remember us having that conversation before about you, like you said, just preparing to fight, not really preparing for one specific person because exactly what you just mentioned, it could happen where, you know, that fighter has to step out and someone else will step in immediately. So do you have any routine yet? Any kind of something that you walk out to or anything established? Are you still kind of working through the kinks of that? You know, my song is Gangsta's Paradise normally. Uh, That's what I use. (laughs) for two of my fights and i kind of like just using the same thing i'm i'm old and boring like that so um but for this fight in particular because my godfather is flavor flaves uh-huh. and he's from new york i'm i'm walking out to welcome to the terror dome which is one of public enemies uh songs it's one yes song. yes public yes. enemy number and, one and mike tyson <laughs> used to walk out to the to that song 
So it's, it's got like a little special place in my heart. Yeah, you can't go wrong with that at all. There's so many ties in, in, in the, going on in this fight as well. You're talking about Flavor Flav, who's in Vegas all the time. You've been in Vegas all the time, UNLV. I mean, all kind of different ties going yeah. in here. Oh, I love it, man. I love it. Well, I know you only got a couple more minutes. I, I wanted to ask you, how does it feel to be on the Lomachenko Comey undercard? It's crazy. Um, it, it really is crazy. I, I'm such a huge fan of Lomachenko. He's um, I don't think anyone can dispute that he's one of the best lightweights out there in the world, maybe even all time. Wow. I mean, so wow. it's uh, it's it's crazy. Nice, it nice. really is. Well, I'm not I'm not mad at that at all. So if you pick up a W Saturday night, uh, which we all anticipate you doing, what is that going to mean to you? It's going to feel great. You know, ending this year three and zero would just be tremendous. Uh, that's what I'm looking forward to doing. And uh, it's I think it's going to be a great night Saturday. I hope you tune in to ESPN to watch it. And uh, I, I think we're going to I think we're going to have a great time before the fight, during and afterwards. Absolutely. Well, as you mentioned, it's on ESPN. The undercard start at 2.30 Pacific time, ESPN Plus. Lomachenko co-made live on ESPN, ESPN Deportes at 6 p.m. Pacific time, uh, follow, following the Heisman Trophy ceremony. So, uh, Nico, great, great stuff as always, man. It's good to catch up with you again. Good luck Saturday night. And, of course, we'll be paying attention and watching what you're doing. And enjoy it and soak in that experience. Okay. Thank you so much for having me again. No doubt about it. There he goes. Nico Ali Walsh, the grandson of the great Muhammad Ali. Second time we've had him on the show here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And, uh, yeah, my bad on the on the getting it wrong. I, I swore that the information that was sent to me was Xander Zayas was who he was fighting, but it wasn't. That's actually his teammate. It's his homeboy. So uh, that's all right. Maybe that's something he can work his way up to at some point. But many thanks to uh, Nico for giving us a few minutes of his time. Definitely do appreciate him and look forward to seeing him in action on Saturday. This is Unnecessary Roughness. We're coming on back here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Give me your best. What's up, Raider Nation? This is uh, Hall of Famer Tim Brown. You're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920. What's up, Raider Nation? This is Hall of Famer Tim Brown, and you listen to Raider Nation 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. Coming up in just a few minutes, before we pass the sticks on to Vinny Bonsignor in the huddle, along with Lincoln Kennedy, I'll be getting someone in to win Clay Baker's ultimate holiday tailgate hookup. Going to get you hooked up with that two-foot sub from Porta Subs, which will get you instantly in to win the grand prize. The ultimate holiday tailgate prize pack, a charcoal grill, a pop-up canopy, two camping chairs, a cooler, and a Bluetooth speaker. All that is the hookup. I got that coming up in a matter of seconds. I did want to get to a couple real quick texts, and thank you so much. A lot of good texts that we've had so far on the Salmon Ash text line throughout the course of the show in between each and one of our guests. And many thanks to Nico Ali Walsh as well, by the way, for giving us some time earlier this morning. But uh, one of the texts that we got was, no matter how much the Raiders change GMs, coaches, and players, they still lead the league in flags. It's not a Raider discipline problem. It's a league problem. And I understand where the texture's going. But I'm from the world of stop blaming others for your issues. There are some suspect calls. No doubt about it. Max Crosby falling on top of Taylor Heineke on uh, on Sunday. That was a suspect call. I get it. Jonathan Abram, his his tackle, I get it. Suspect. But how many times has Max Crosby hit the quarterback late? How many times has Unique Ngakwe knocked the quarterback down after he threw the ball out of bounds? How many times has Alex Leatherwood had a false start? 
How many times? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, look, you can't always, and I get it. I get it. The Raiders traditionally, as I've been a Raider fan my whole life, I know, traditionally have been called for a lot of penalties. I get it. But at some point, man, you also have to realize the climate and realize that, hey, some of these are on you. When the Raiders and Cowboys had 28 freaking penalties, it wasn't because the league was like, hey, you know what? Let's go find 14 penalties to put on the Raiders, and let's find 14 penalties to put on the Cowboys. It's like, come on. The league is better when the Raiders are good. It really is. I know that sounds cliche-ish. I know people don't want to hear it, but it's what it is. Again, are there suspect calls? Absolutely. But have you seen any NFL this year? Have you been watching the league at all this year? Because I can almost guarantee you that every single team, all 32 teams in the league, have said, what in the hell was that? The officiating this season has been horrific. And I don't mean just for the Raiders. I mean for, I'm a guy who likes to watch NFL action each and every game as much as I can. I'm not going to lie to you and sit here and say I, I soak in every single game, but I try to watch as much as possible. There's some horrific calls. The other night when the Saints were playing, they had a, a illegal block on the fullback. They were driving, they, and, and, it, and it, it was a terrible call, and they got hit with that. It was so terrible that the NFL came out, and you know I hate this, Damon, came out the next day and said, that was a bad call, our bad, on us. <laughs> Put that one on me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I get it. I understand what you're getting at, but at some point, if you know, this is, and this is what they do in baseball. I always say this, and I always use this reference because I feel like you should be able to understand this. In baseball, sometimes the umpires have really bad strike zones. Sometimes it's really large. Sometimes it's really squeezed. If you're not getting the calls, or if if there's a guy who has a large strike zone and they're calling a strike on everything, guess what? You better go out there and swing the damn bat because most likely it's going to be a strike. Sometimes you just have to adjust. If the officials are calling everything tic-tac, guess what? Don't touch them. Don't give them an opportunity. And I know it's easier said than done, but that's what your that's what your job is. If the if the officiating you already know is give, is calling suspect late hits when you're going to get the quarterback, like Max Crosby's play, I, I'll be the first. I even tweeted out awful call on the officiating on on Max Crosby, and then it was brought to attention that by the letter of the law is actually was a good call. But I just think that the the actually the rule is suspect. That's the other thing. A lot of the rules that the NFL has in place, like the taunting penalties, that's stupid. They're dumb penalties, but they're there. But that's very subjective. It's very subjective. Someone so, can spike the ball and go boom, and it's right. fine in another game. Exactly. Spike the ball, go boom, and, that, and that's the flag. I know, and so you have, to, you have to know that, hey, whatever I do right here, whatever I'm going to do, I might get called for something that I don't want to get called for. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying don't be a moan about it after it happens. I think when Darren Waller got called earlier this year for taunting, that was a terrible call. Terrible. But it's, again, the league has allowed officials to have that kind of power to call a penalty on a guy who spiked the ball because he was happy. You know what I mean? Like, that's on the league. And that's happened across. How many times have you seen a taunting penalty across the league this year that we all say, what the hell was that? So, again, they, if you play with a little bit more discipline, you're going to get clean. It'll get cleaned up a little bit. I'm not saying it's going to clean up everything, but it's going to get cleaned up a little bit. And the Raiders traditionally lead the league in penalties. That's on you, too. If my son continues to get in trouble at school, he can't come home and tell me, Dad, my teacher don't like me. No, son, at some point it's on you. If your teacher don't like you talking in class, guess what? Shut the hell up. Don't talk in class. 
but everyone else is doing it. I don't give a damn. It's not all, it's not because we hear that too. Well, that guy did it. Like the worst thing I get is when people tweet at me and say, Well, look at this play. Okay. I, first of all, I didn't call I didn't call the penalty. There's nothing we could do about it. Different crew, different officials. Exactly. And then like all you see is like, oh, that was a penalty on our team. Where was the line judge at on that play? Right. Maybe he didn't have the angle that you have from sitting watching on TV. I'll tell you right now, if you just want to put it in a nutshell, the officiating has been awful this year. But it's been awful across the league. Again, I go back to 28 penalties on Thanksgiving. That should never happen. Ever. And actually, there was a lot of calls that were real good calls. The pass interference penalties that the Cowboys were getting hit with, guess what? They were pass interference. I didn't hear nobody calling and saying, you know what? Those officials sucked. I can't believe they called those four PIs. It's like, no, hell no. Good call. Anthony Brown, turn your head. Well, when a Raider runs through a wide receiver, guess what? Turn your head. That's all you got to do. If a flag would have been thrown on that last pass to Zay Jones, people would have been, who? good job, the officials, right. you got it right. Right. And I, I could argue that there probably should have been a flag thrown on that one. It's not the reason the Raiders lost the game. How about the rest of the game where they weren't scoring? Decide to throw the ball deep on that play? Could have done that in the second quarter. Just saying. I know it's going to get a lot of blowback, but it's okay. Hating on the officials, I mean. Well, the penalty on Abram was a bad call. He was making the tackle, not a block. I, I just said that. Yep. I just said that. Just said it. I get it. But it doesn't mean the other 99 yards of penalties were all bad calls either. There's some? Yeah, I get it. Before I forget, because we do need to do this before the show ends, because we only got about three minutes left. We got to make a pick at least for tonight. Pittsburgh, Minnesota. Pittsburgh. <laughs> that's that simple. <laughs> not gonna think about it a little I'm bit. I'm not gonna think about it at all. No, Pittsburgh. Minnesota lost to Detroit. <laughs> Pittsburgh lost to Detroit. And just because of that, I think that they're gonna bounce back. And I'm gonna take Minnesota. Okay. Because I still think I think Pittsburgh. It's the opposite effect. They got up for the big rivalry game. The old man Baltimore is coming into town game. We gotta show them what's up. But I still don't think that they're that good. And I think that Minnesota, they are one of those teams that every game has been so close, so close. How do they lose all these close ones? They're the best 5-7 and seven team that's that's probably ever been around. <laughs> I'll say it like that. Unbelievable. And I know you hate, like, what does that mean? Right. Hey, I they're, don't, that they're means. a real good 5-7. and seven. I'll say that. Well, I'll take Minnesota. All right, there you go. You got Minnesota. I got Pittsburgh. At least we, uh, we're different. We'll get in tomorrow's show. We have a very long show tomorrow, by the way. Unnecessary roughness will go from 1 to 6. I'll be live at the TI, Treasure Island. Actually, it's going to go one to four. Vinny will be on from four to six, but I'll be there with him. Well, I'll be there at the Treasure Island. He'll be in Kansas City. So I'll be at Treasure Island from one to six tomorrow. One to six. That's a long damn day for your boy. One to six, but I'll hold it down. I'm also going to be on ESPN Las Vegas tomorrow morning. Our sister station, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. So it's all radio all day for me tomorrow. You want me to get a uh, caller real quick? Yeah, Raider 27. We can sneak you in real quick. Raider 27, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, man. It's uh, tough following you guys when you're on a roll like you've been on today. <laughs> Sorry. Ali, Muhammad Ali's grandson was awesome. I can't, I'm can't. i glad that fight's going to be on because I definitely will watch him fight. Um, it's hard to complain about the officials when uh, pass interference has been your best offensive, offensive play for the last three weeks. And... Um, I really enjoy Raider Nation. When I went to the game, and I went to the Chicago game, and unfortunately the guys I went with owned a really busy business, and we just couldn't get out of town. By the time we got out of the Raider image, it was 8 o'clock. Mm. 
So we're like, should we go to the Rockstar? I really wanted to make that part of the trip. I really wanted to go do that. But, you know, it's already 8 o'clock, so I didn't know what was still going on there, you know? Yeah, I guess. I, I wanted to make sure that I got there when Damone was there because – you know, I know he's got to go to bed early so he can get up and lift all morning. <laughs> I know that's right. <laughs> so, <laughs> but anyway, um, we got to sign a lot of players from our defense. A lot of these guys are, are deserving. Um, Hayward, Thomas, uh, Jefferson. A lot of we've got a lot. Well, Perryman, you said was signed for next year, but yeah, I mean, we finally got a defense that can play together, mm-hmm. and it takes a year to learn a system. They're just going to get better next year, you know. So I think we'll figure it out. I think we got some issues, but we'll eventually figure it out. All right, thank you so much for that. I appreciate you. Sorry, I had to uh, cut you short right there. Got to uh, pass the sticks on to my guy Vinny Bonsignor, Lincoln Kennedy in the huddle. They're coming up next. I will say this: we're going to get caller number nine seven zero two three six five ninety two hundred. You want to get into win Clay Baker's ultimate holiday tailgate hookup? We're going to get you a two foot sub from Porta Subs immediately. Put it immediately in your belly, and then boom, get you into win the charcoal grill, the pop up canopy, two camping chairs, a cooler, a Bluetooth speaker. You want to get your tailgate on? That is the way to get your tailgate on. Hit us up right now, caller number. 9-702-365-9200. Vinny Bonsignor is up next with Lincoln Kennedy in the huddle. Uh, again, join us tomorrow at the Treasure Island. T.I. will be there from 1 to 6 p.m., baby. Five hours long, five hours strong. That's how we're doing. This is Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. I holler.